Cutting Through Tech. Episode 8. When not to build from scratch. Welcome to Cutting Through Tech, the podcast all about technical strategy for women leaders today. You're tuned in to season one, where we're talking about the fundamentals and foundations to creating any technical asset in your business. So if you are a business leader and you've been thinking about how to incorporate technology in your projects, then this is the show for you. And today's episode is the last episode in this series, which is all about whether or not you actually need custom solutions. Often we think about how we might need technology to do what we do and can easily overcomplicate things by getting custom tech made. And that's not always required. So when are you going to spend the cash and get a team and make something from scratch? And when should you just get something off the shelf? If you're curious, stay tuned to find out more. I'm Maxime. I'm a technical coach, software engineer and designer. And I work with women entrepreneurs in bringing their techie ideas to life. So if you've been listening to this series so far and been thinking, well, Maxime, this has been really great, but actually... The business that I'm running, I'm not entirely sure. Yes, technology definitely plays a part. However, do I really need to go out and get a team and build something? Because whilst I rely on technology, I don't quite think I'm building a technical asset. And that's a very fair question. What actually constitutes an asset? Oftentimes it is a bit of proprietary tech that you have to almost build from scratch. If you are running a shop or a consultant, or if you are a influencer, produce content in any way, you clearly rely on technology to get your products, your content, your services out there. I would indeed agree or argue that you probably don't need a custom site or app or any kind of product at all. Now, in episode two, we talk a lot about your strategy. So of course, within the space of what you're doing, you might have a bigger picture strategy where you are looking at a particular technical piece that would either grow your business or elevate or scale it in some particular way. But in order to, for example, have an e-commerce shop online or in order to get content out there as an influencer, you don't need to get that kind of stuff built from scratch. Now, people often ask me, where should I start? What services should I use? Because today there is Wix, WordPress, Squarespace, Shopify, and so much more available to plug and play and drag and drop your way forward to a fantastic website. Depending on the type of business that you run, you probably want to consider different platforms. So let's start with a very popular one, WordPress. WordPress is very near and dear to my heart. I've been using it <laughs> for a very long time. And... It is primarily, in my opinion, a content platform. So if you are putting out content regularly, that could be written. It started as a blogging tool, but it could be, could be anything really. It's definitely one to consider. It's arguably one of the slightly less user-friendly ones out of the bunch in that, especially if you're looking for it to do other things like be a shop or have a membership site aspect to it and all of those things you will end up installing a lot of plugins and you might want to have someone available to you who can help you with those plugins and with maintaining and running your wordpress instance 
All in all though, it's very much targeted at putting out content regularly and it excels at that and there's a reason it is still considered one of the best platforms out there today. One key thing to bear in mind with WordPress that I actually often talk about with clients is that there is a difference between self-hosted WordPress and hosted WordPress. You may have noticed if you have ever researched it that there exists WordPress.com and WordPress.org. Now, it is both a business as well as a piece of software that you can just install. WordPress.com is an all-inclusive, done-for-you place to go if you'd like a WordPress site. You can spin one up for free and get deardiary.wordpress.com if you were looking to journal or if you're looking to start a cooking blog or just anything fun that you want to share with friends and family. However, you can also, I believe, get a business subscription where you can hook up your own domain so yourbusiness.com and the WordPress platform is all generated and set up for you. It's linked for you and from that moment onwards you can be publishing content and you're on your way. A self-hosted WordPress however means that you will need to find your own hosting. Now hosting is a little place on the internet where you have some space where you can put your stuff. You can put your files, your images, little pieces of software like WordPress and make all of that available and accessible through a URL. However, you are then in charge of maintaining that patch of land, if you will. The big difference between self-hosted and hosted for you is a little bit like renting or buying a house. When you rent a house, you have a landlord. So if there's a leak, if anything goes wrong, you can just ring them up and they get it fixed. And equally, yearly maintenance is kind of taken care of for you. If you're self-hosting, you own it, so you have to make sure that um, your piping gets checked regularly, that your boiler gets checked, that all your electrical pieces are certified, and whatever maintenance happens regularly, that's up to you. In the tech world, this translates to doing your own updates, making sure all the plugins are at the latest version, security patches and updates, all that kind of stuff you would maintain on a self-hosted WordPress instance. However, it does allow for greater flexibility and customization and you can install additional bits and bobs that you need on top of it. There are some restrictions, although not many, with the um, hosted version where it's done for you. Now, all of this depends a little bit on what you're looking to do and what you're looking to create. If you're trying to morph WordPress into a shop or something else, I believe WooCommerce is one of the most popular ones for WordPress, uh, you definitely start looking at wanting someone to maintain that for you. But still, that's different than building something completely from scratch, which is great. However, if you are looking to build a shop, there are other options to consider. Namely, Shopify is a really, really big platform for that. Similar to WordPress, uh, you can sign that up and you can install your themes and any other additional plugins that you may need. And um, oftentimes you need to factor those in in terms of cost as well, um, because these extra additions sometimes are at a charge. However, you can again plug and play and put the pieces together to build the kind of shop that you need. If you are a consultant or you offer some kind of service out there, what you're looking to create really is a website that has your name on it, what you do, who you're for, potentially some testimonials, your contact details, a form, a newsletter, how to get in touch with you, all that good stuff. That can be done in multiple ways. Yes, you can get WordPress to do exactly that, But as I mentioned, it's my opinion that WordPress really is a content production platform. And so unless a big part of your business is that you're, say, blogging four times a week, it probably wouldn't make sense to try and squish and morph (laughs) WordPress into a consultant site. 
Other options you might consider there are Squarespace or Wix. I personally find Squarespace very user-friendly and they come with really good templates that already have a lot of the design and spacing done for you. You can swap out the images and swap out your brand colors, but what you know is that you'll be left with a well-designed website at the end of it. You add your content, because really there it's just about your messaging, your words, and your imagery, and you're pretty much good to go. So that's that. But you might be thinking, gosh, Maxime, you've been talking about membership sites as well. I really have all of this content available, like videos and, and PDF downloads or you know all those types of things. And I just want to make that available to some of my clients through a login. But really, it's not supposed to be a ginormous website or something that goes out to thousands or millions of people. I work with 10 to 40, 50 clients per year. And I just really want a secure place where they can go and get access to that. Well, you're in luck. There are quite a lot of subscription and membership platforms available as well. Similarly to before, um, there is a plugin for this on top of WordPress. So if you're already using that to put a lot of content out there, it might also work as a good CRM for you in that case. But there are also other services that offer this and I can list a few in the show notes. But really, again, the, the proprietary piece of your business is the content more than it is the actual technology. Hence, it's not really a tech asset. It's much more about what you offer to your clients and customers via technology, which in that case becomes a vehicle or the method of delivery. When it comes to a team, what you're looking at here really is someone who can do all that ongoing work for you, as well as potentially initially you're looking to set it up in a way that works for you and your team. And that might be a small project with a consultant or an agency and so forth. What I will stress is it is absolutely key, crucial really, to be able to A, access this yourself and B, make changes and amendments yourself and C, post and upload regularly yourself. Even if you end up delegating this kind of work to an assistant or to someone else on your team, you have to know how to do it because I cannot tell you how many people I've had to help with this or how many websites I've had to convert because they did not have access themselves to actually publish content regularly. So a client of mine has a stretch therapy business and really her site is all about showing her services to the world and being able to book with her. Yes, she has a few thought pieces published, so little bits of content and a bit of a blog, but really it's not regularly and it's much more about just people getting to know her and the work that she does and then eventually being able to get in touch with her. Now, this was built on a WordPress stack with a lot of plugins and then self-hosted and out of date. And every time she was looking to change anything, she would have to go back to this agency and go through them. In today's world, that delay is huge and means you can't respond quickly to work or socials or anything else that's going on that you'd like to do. For example, my client had workshops that were coming up in relation to Breast Cancer Awareness Month in October, or she was offering training one-off, or she was working with these partners, and she was looking to put this front and center on the homepage whenever these kind of special events were going on, and she just couldn't do it. So by now, I've converted her onto a different platform, and <laughs> she actually texted me yesterday saying she was over the moon because she managed to put her upcoming workshop on there entirely by herself in less than five minutes. And really you want to be in a position as well where you can do that. 
at least when it comes to the type of content you're looking to produce regularly. If you need a yearly checkup or someone to go through certain updates and security and plugins for you, that's probably not an issue and that's just part of maintenance and I would factor that in. But when it comes to running the day-to-day, you absolutely have to be able to have access to it. So what are some ways that you can do that? I'd say always ask questions, get a good handover document where they list all the different services that are involved. So not just your platform, but also where does your domain name live and how do you renew that? When does that happen and how often and what cost? Is there hosting involved? If so, again, who is that with? When does that renew? How do I access that? What are the usernames and passwords or login credentials for all of these different services? And then get them to do a walkthrough with you and your team or whoever might end up maintaining their website such that you get a really clear picture of how you would make certain changes or put on a news piece or some kind of alert that you want the world to know about. Then go through the motions yourself whilst they are there such that you build that kind of muscle memory and are able to ask any questions that you have in the process. Either film or document this so you have it as a reference for later. I stress this so clearly here because it's one of my biggest pet peeves when technology is set up in a way that people can't access it, which only adds to the negative image that technology has that it's really complicated and difficult to wrap your head around and that it's something that you know, people can't do themselves. The reason I'm putting this content out there and that I'm working with as many people as I can is all in order to demystify technology because it's just not the case. Anyone can do that and I know you can too. To wrap up, whether or not you are building a technical asset or not, or you're going with a out-of-the-box solution or you're looking to customize it just a little bit, it all depends on your strategy. If you still have questions around that, do listen to episode two where I kind of distill that down because it's so crucial for you to know where you want to be and where you want to go and how tech can help you to make the decision whether or not you want to explore and invest in a custom technical solution or maybe something out of the box is just fine. Too often, we don't know what we don't know. And when it comes to tech, that holds even more true for most people. So they think, well, I I don't know what to go with. Should I make something custom? Should I just go with a Wix site? And oftentimes people think working with developers would give them the answers. But really, most of the time, and I've said this in episode one, developers are great tacticians, but you already need to know what you're looking to get to. So I hope that altogether season one has given you ideas on how to think about all of this. You may not be an expert in technology, but no one knows your business better than you. In just a few simple steps, you can break down that vision into tangible pieces where you can start to really tactically think about what, if any, technology is required to make that happen. It was an absolute pleasure to sit down and record this series for you. We've covered everything from strategy to common mistakes to validation to tech teams all the way down to custom solutions and whether or not to implement those. There is so much more interesting stuff that's happening when it comes to technical strategy in today's companies and the products that we use every single day. So stay tuned for more of that as I will be covering this in more depth and detail in the next series. Now, I would love to hear from you. What were things you got really clear on? Did you have any interesting insights? 
how do you feel about technology now? And do you still have any outstanding questions? Get in touch on Maxime at cuttingthroughtech.com or on Instagram or LinkedIn, because I would love to hear from you. Now, there is some bonus content on the way for you, so stay tuned for that. And Cutting Through Tech will return with season two on April 7th. If you'd like to know what's involved in that, follow us on Instagram or get in touch on LinkedIn, as I will be teasing what that's all about. Thank you for listening. It has been an absolute pleasure and see you soon. Thank you.